I'm not scared to say that I've seen a therapist. I think it's something that everyone should do once. I really do believe that. I think talking to someone who is a professional and who you don't know personally can really add a lot of value to your life and give you a lot of insight into how you are as a person. and welcome to this In Conversation episode of Shameless. Today we're sitting down with the very witty and very warm Jade Tunchi, a woman who has garnered an audience of almost 500,000 on Instagram through her funny captions, stunning photography and down-to-earth musings. We covered everything from what it's like to be bullied throughout primary school and high school to how Jade found her feet in the social media industry. Here's Jade. Jade Tunchi, welcome to Shameless. Hi, thanks for having me. We couldn't be more excited to have you on. I think you realise as well when we put up the Instagram post, being like, guys, we're going to Sydney, who should we get? Your name <laughs> came up an embarrassing number of times. I got times. a lot of texts. You're like, all right, this is enough now. I'll I was finally like, do it. What's this post? And then I was like, hey, guys. <laughs> uh, Jade, we start every episode exactly the same way. And we are wondering if there's anything you are listening to, reading, or watching at the moment that you would recommend? You know what I actually just watched for the first time? Tell us. The Lord of the Rings. Really? <laughs> I know. How sad is that? I haven't seen it. Oh, my God. you got to watch it. Really? It's so good. Zara, that's but what surprised so me. Long. You haven't even seen Harry Potter before. So I've, seen, really... I've seen most of them. Which yeah. one's yeah. not a Harry Potter fan. Which ones haven't you seen? I think I kind of dropped off about five. <laughs> <laughs> about the fifth one, I was like, all right, I kind of get the gist here. Oh, my God. You've got to, like, sit at home, get some popcorn, <laughs> and not leave for three days. Can I ask a dumb question about Lord of the Rings? Sure. I, I'm I didn't know anything a few Is days it, ago. Are you into Game of Thrones? Is it a Game I of s- Thrones vibe? I started Game of Thrones and then just kind of dropped off. Yeah. I don't want to say yes and then everyone's going to be like, oh my God, it's, you don't even know. Yeah. So, <laughs> did you like Lord of the Rings? I loved it. Really? Yeah. So we watched, Locke and I, my partner, watched Lord of the Rings and then we watched The Hobbit, which is kind of like Star Wars, like it goes backwards. So The Hobbit's what happened before The Lord of the Rings. And then we watched all, we watched, I think there's three of each and we watched all of them as like a marathon and it was amazing. Are you typically a sci-fi fan? It's sci-fi, right? I'm not wrong in saying that. I think so. Look at us with all our movie knowledge. (laughs) This is an embarrassing conversation. Um, Is it? Yeah. It's like fake stuff. It's fantasy, right? right? Yeah, it's fantasy fiction. Is that a thing? Have I ever sounded this intelligent before? Not quite. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely not real. (laughs) (laughs) Great description of a lot of things. Not real, still interesting. (laughs) Tell us, what was your childhood like? You grew up in Sydney? Yeah, I did. So I grew, I was born in Borkham Hills, You guys aren't from here. No. You're not going to get any of this. All right. I was born in the hills and then we moved to like the inner west when I was pretty young. I would say my childhood was pretty normal. Like one thing that's jumping out at me is that my mum used to make me and my sister go outside and do outside time (laughs) (laughs) on like three days of the week or something. And she would literally just be like, go outside and do something. So my sister and I would go to the park and just like sometimes we'd just sit there and wait for the couple of hours to be up. And then we'd come home and be like, yeah, we did all this stuff. (laughs) All these activities. (laughs) Yeah, but no, we. um, I actually really value that now. Like I'm really glad that she did that. But I would say it's pretty, it was pretty normal apart from 
the oh you know what that's probably normal too I did get like I did struggle a little bit in primary school as I was growing up just a little bit with bullying but other than that I would say that I had a fairly normal childhood do you think that bullying at that young age had an impact on much did it did you carry that for a while I think so yeah I I kind of pulled me down a bit in terms of like the way that I saw myself uh, and I guess it took me a while longer to kind of value myself again. Isn't it funny because I was bullied in year two which now sounds so ridiculous. Yeah, I was too. And I remember going and seeing the school counsellor in year two and year three. I think that experience stuck with me and that girl who bullied me I still struggle when we are at a social occasion because we went to the same school and then high school for a bit as well or if I see her on Instagram it's still that thing mm. inside me where I'm like oh, that girl like I can't if she might be a completely different person now. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's yeah. weird. So did it affect you into high school? Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> How so? And it happened a bit in high school too, but obviously it gets a bit snarkier. You know, yeah. it goes from being like, hey, hey, to like, you suck. What did it look like? How did being um, bullied in high school kind of manifest? Okay. So I moved schools four or five times. What? I in, just ran. <laughs> in high school, you moved yeah. four or five times. Yeah. Because of the bullying and you just wanted to a find bit a of it. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two times was because of bullying. Once was because I thought I had no friends. Oh, my <laughs> God, Jade. I know. <laughs> I love how you're just, like, cacking yourself it's, about it I now. think it's funny now. <laughs> well, what, how did you respond at the time? I mean, you say that you, you ran every single time, but were you, were you kind of buckling down and um, kind of hermit-like about it? I just, like, really liked running from my problems. Yeah. Like, that was the way that I cope with things. And my mum let me. Mm-hmm. You know, some parents like, no, like, face it. She my mum was like, more. no, like, okay, let's go. Oh, my God. Like, but which I really appreciate now because I don't actually see a problem with how many times I moved. Like, apart from the fact that it kind of taught me that I can run and it would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've... I've left all these jobs that I just hated. So, what was the bullying about? So, the first school I went to, I was not from the area and I was just a bit of an outcast because. So, I've gone into year seven. So, this is when I started high school, mm. thinking that it's going to be like year six. And what I was doing in year six was running to the handball courts to play handball with my mates. Mm. Anyway, so I took a tennis ball to school. <laughs> Amazing. I was like, right, who's playing handball? And everyone was like, no, the cool kids don't play handball. And I was like, oh, right So I never played handball again, literally. That was it, day one, no more handball. After this recording, we're all going to go play handball. <laughs> I was devastated. I was like, what? And then it felt like I had to grow up overnight, literally. Mm. All the girls at school were like, look at my bra. And I was like, I don't have a bra. You know, like it was weird. And I was the weirdo, apparently, like who didn't fit in because I hadn't grown up yet sort of thing so that forced me to kind of grow up really quickly and then I started valuing things like shoes and I was like oh my god gotta have the right shoes otherwise they're not gonna like me which is all very surface-based but pretty normal for that age like even I remember getting to to year seven and it was kind of the discussion on who faked hand and who didn't and it was like a new world for me we were 12 or 13 and everyone was fake tanning and I was like I've got to go to the supermarket and get this stuff. <laughs> Even the period conversation. Yeah. I remember girls saying, have you got your period yet? And 
I was so ashamed that I did not have it yet. I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, it was like a little club of girls inside our friendship group who had had their period and who hadn't. That's really funny because I had mine early and I thought I was weird. I am exactly the same as you. I was like very, it was almost like there was this sweet spot where it was okay to get it. And anything around that you grew up too early or you grew up too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be super hard to go through at that super awkward young age as well when you're going through year seven, eight and nine. I feel like year nine is the worst year of high school possible. Oh, nine was shite. Yeah. So did you move again in year nine or what was it? It was almost like yeah, the first few years. I did. <laughs> yeah, so I moved in year seven. I moved in year nine. I moved back in year nine oh to the God. high school I was at. And then I moved in year 11. Did you like school? Four. No, I hated it. I hated school. Absolutely hated it. Were you one of those kids that kind of got to year 11 or year 12 and just could not wait to leave? I stopped going. I just started skipping school, which was really not good. But I actually considered dropping out. I'm really glad I didn't. I value that now. Like you really don't see the value of those things until you're a bit older. But I just kind of skipped heaps classes. I was still being bullied in a different way. Like, I don't think the bullies even realised that they were doing it, you know? It's that kind of bullying. It's, like, a bit cheeky and and uncomfortable and, like, you just don't want it to happen. More passive-aggressive as well. Yeah, and it started around my blogging. So I was blogging at the time and everyone started – everyone liked making fun of that. Mm. So I felt uncomfortable doing that. And I had a following, so everyone would, like, talk about it. And I just felt like everyone was always staring at me really weirdly. So I kind of stopped going to school. And then one of my teachers was a bit, how are you going? And <laughs> showed one of my YouTube videos in class once. What? I did society and culture, and he pulled up one of my YouTube videos and called it pop culture. Anyway, everyone told him to. He was not a great teacher. So I never went back to his class. <laughs> Couldn't a teacher realise how humiliating or embarrassing that might be in that context? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my but God. he used to humiliate the kids themselves. He'd be like, you're not going anywhere in life. You're just going to be a cheerleader. And Charlie. everyone would be like, this is so cooked. <laughs> so why why start blogging in, in high school? Because that's pretty early yeah. to jump on the blogging YouTube yeah. bandwagon. What was it about it that you were drawn to? I started on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. Loved Tumblr. Same. Yeah. It was just like a really cool creative space. I connected to it. I don't know. I felt like I hadn't grabbed onto anything yet. And I really grabbed onto that apart from drama. I love drama, but I grabbed onto that and I was like, my God, I love this. Like I love posting all these cool photos and like talking about my life. Like it just like flowed really naturally. And I was actually grounded a couple of times. So it like forced me to be on my computer all night, all day and all night. That's like all I do. So I, I did it even more and more. And that's when I was about year nine, I reckon 10. Mm. And then it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Yeah. But I loved it. So you had a following before you left school. Yeah. And how how big are we talking? At the time, I think it was like 16K on Insta when Insta came out. Huge on Instagram for the time. It was, yeah, massive. I had about, I think, 18 on Tumblr, 18K. Mm. And then I had like 15 on Facebook and that grew to like 20. But yeah, at the time it was like a big deal, you know, to have... 15,000. It was like, whoa, a million. (laughs) So when you left high school, was that the plan? You're like, I'm just going to see where this goes. I mean, it wasn't even really a career then. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I knew I loved it, but I actually wanted to work into fashion. So that was my thing. I really liked fashion at the time. When I was 
finishing high school, I knew I didn't want to go to uni. That wasn't an even, I wasn't even considering it. Um, I did go to open day and like look at the courses and stuff, but none of them jumped out at me. And I was like, this is not what I want to do. I don't want to go back to school for a few years again. So I went straight into the workforce. I worked in an office, just did admin stuff. And then I studied fashion business halfway through my first year out of school. And during that time, I imagine you kept blogging, kept Instagramming, kept building that following. Yeah. What was the point? Was it, were you young when you realized I could start making like small money from this? I never actually saw it as something that could be monetized Mm. um, until I started getting free clothes. And that's when I, when I started getting free clothes, that was it. You know, it was really exciting. It was like, wow, look at like, I've been getting all this free stuff. It's so cool. Mm. It was just so amazing. And it still is like, even now I'm so excited when I get a package. But when I started posting more and more and more, I was like, wait, like I'm working now, you know, like I'm putting a lot of effort into this now. It's not just me taking a quick selfie in a shirt like I'm actually having to put some effort into this and that's when I started realizing that I could charge and I started quite low and I was actually really lowballing myself for a while because I didn't know when it grew a bit I didn't know what I should have been charging were you doing that all yourself yeah charging yourself yeah yeah managing yourself yeah it's a big job doing that all yourself from the start yeah I had an agency bring me on a few years in they were terrible not naming any names but I don't think they exist anymore why were they terrible they just aligned me with jobs that I didn't want to be doing it was like really food based like love food but (laughs) I really wanted to do fashion and they just weren't connecting me to any of that or beauty or you know like it wasn't what I wanted to be doing so they actually ended up dropping me, which I'm really grateful for because I think I doubled in followers like two months after wow. they did. Were you grateful at the time when they dropped you? At the time, I was just really salty. I was yeah. like, you guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> and then they started going under and I was like, well, this is a bit funny, isn't mm-hmm. it? <laughs> I am interested. You have one of the most engaged followings that we've come across. And we always look at engagement because we are super analytical when it comes to influencers <laughs> and we are really interested in the number of followers compared to things like video views and likes and comments you have a super engaged audience why is that can you tell us about what have you ever thought about like what is it about you that people love and Um, why do they follow you uh, i've put you on the spot but i'll make you feel awkward for the sake of the question i think what i would find about me interesting this is going to sound so weird is that i think that i'm i just try to be as authentic as possible and I think that there are a lot of people out there who are having pockets of authenticity but not all the time and I think that that is perhaps what is so engaging and I think the history of like the fact that I've been around for a long time like seeing me go from here to there is like really interesting for other people and no it's true I think there's something to say about someone who just hasn't popped up out of nowhere like you've been on the radar for a very long time when you said before you know the first management company you were with were making you work with food brands or stuff that you weren't interested in and it wasn't what you had in mind for what your career on Instagram was going to look like what did you have in mind what did you want it to look like I've always always gravitated towards fashion yeah so like I just wanted to do more fashion focused sort of stuff I've also had an interest in like TV and presenting and stuff like that I've always thought about that in the back of my mind even acting just love drama like that was something that I absolutely loved when I was younger and even now like on my real account I feel like I'm 
acting in my videos. Yeah, you, are. you have yeah. a persona that you play into and it's hilarious yeah. as well. <laughs> I have a few. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny when they come out in just normal everyday life, people are like, that's that one. <laughs> I'm like, yep, there she is. <laughs> yeah. So that's the kind of stuff that I wanted to do. And I was being plugged for like the most random things yeah when it comes to fashion and food and lifestyle and stuff is are there any brands that you won't work with or is there things that when a brand comes to you and wants to work with you do you have like a checklist of things that you want them to do or ways that you filter out brands you will and won't work with yeah I I definitely say no to quite a lot of stuff I think it's really important that I believe in the brand myself and if it's a brand that I've never heard of like I'm willing to work with them if I try their products first or if I like do a bit of research in into it but I do try to align myself with brands and products that I feel I relate to and that I've always used and that I really like and I think that's really important to me yeah also brands that don't necessarily have the best reputation I try to veer away from I think it's really important to think about these things instead of just accepting any job for a dollar amount you know Mm, something that I've really become cognizant of this year as well is that it's really important to balance working with brands that are ethical and good on one hand but also the brands that you're following can actually afford yes like it's very tempting to be like oh well I'm gonna go for the most green and the most ethical and the most whatever the most idyllic brands out there but if they're selling products that are $500 and up Mm. why why would you sell that to millennials Mm. who can't even afford it like that's very classist in itself Mm. right yeah I definitely try to do to work with a range of brands. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you touched on before you started your second Instagram account, The Real Jade. Um, and it is kind of like this beautiful spoof of Instagram, I guess, is what you, is that how you would consider it? Yeah, a little bit. And how has that been for you? Like, have you found that you've discovered this entire sort of avenue to express yourself creatively with that? Has that been quite, I hate to say empowering, but kind of empowering for you to have a different version of yourself out on the internet too? Yeah, it has been a bit. I think I find that I'm holding myself to a higher standard and also I I think a little more about certain things that I'm doing. Uh, but I, I've i loved having another account. I feel like it's been I, the place where I can, like, really be myself. Like, uh, a lot of people don't know, but I was doing those kinds of things on Snapchat. I had a bit of a Snapchat following for a while, and that was the sort of stuff that I was posting, like this kind of quirky, funny, like, random videos, I guess. Something that really caught our attention late last year was a post you actually wrote about your body image and weight. And the caption that we loved began with the quote, I've gained a bit of weight but lost so many insecurities along the way. What's behind that? I went through like a really uh, kind of life-changing process uh, a couple of years ago where I kind of, quotation marks, found myself. (laughs) Um, But basically I was going through a time in my life that was a bit rough and I really didn't value myself and uh, I just felt a bit stark and like sad and... um, I kind of went through the process of I read this book and I saw a therapist and like I found myself and uh, what I value about myself, which is really important. Uh, And the weight thing is something that I've struggled with for years. It was partially why I was bullied and it's something that's um, been a bit of an issue with me. I fluctuated in weight 
off and on and um, I've lost weight and gained weight and I lost weight and gained weight and I got to a point last year where I was like so, so happy from within that I would look in the mirror and I wouldn't care what I was seeing even though I knew that I wasn't as fit as I had been in the past. I just didn't care. I was happy like, and that's what mattered. So I found that I grew this self-worth that is now so important to me in my life that I continue to carry along with me and that's kind of what that quote means it means that you know I I'm not as fit as I have been but I'm so happy Mm. now is it stressful when your job is literally your body and your face and how you look so much of it is that as well as your personality is it stressful then when you were going through these weight fluctuations feeling like there might be people who notice or people who comment on it what's that like yeah at one point um at one point I was a bit uncomfortable and I was kind of like, there'd be points where I was scared to go to the beach in a bikini because I didn't want people to be like, oh, that's what she looks like, you know? Um, Because obviously I was taking photos of just like the right angles, like as most people would do. And then I kind of like took the power back into my hands and started posting photos of what I look like all the time. And now when I go out, I'm like, I don't care at all. Like, you know, like if I'm running around and my cellulite's jiggling in the wind like (laughs) I don't care it's my body like why do we stress so much over our bodies which carry us I just think they're so cool and we're so lucky to be functional yeah you know you touched on then that you saw a therapist during that time and I actually really appreciate whenever people are honest about that because I see a therapist regularly as well for anxiety and depression but is that something that you consciously try to be open about and public about that you did get that support because so many people get mental illness and mental health support? Was that something you were actually aware of that you consciously tried to push? Mm, You know what? I haven't touched too much about it on my own channels, not because I've avoided it, but because it just hasn't come up. Mm. Uh, But when it is, when it, when I do talk about my life and my past and it is brought up, I do talk about it. I don't, I'm not scared to say that I've seen a therapist. I think it's something that everyone should do once. Mm. I really do believe that because even if there's, you don't think there's anything wrong, it's good to just go and sit with someone and chat about your life. And there's things that you realize about yourself that you didn't know before, just by talking yourself Mm to someone who isn't a family member or a friend because you can kind of put up walls without even realising and try to skew what you're saying to make yourself look a certain way. I think a lot of people don't even realise they do that. Mm. But I think talking to someone who is a professional and who you don't know personally can really add a lot of value to your life and give you a lot of insight into how you are as a person. Coming up after the break, what it's like to have Daily Mail paps follow you around the beach while you're in a bikini to why Jade called out binge drinking culture on Instagram. But first, a word from our sponsors. You posted a few months ago now, I think it was a series of Instagram stories that did look quite critically at other influencers who were drinking a lot on their Instagram and you did have a few things to say about that. What drove you to do that? Because... That's often not an easy thing to do to sort of analyse and, and think critically about people in your own industry. Mm. I, I'm i very outspoken and I think that if I have something to say that needs to be said, I'm going to say it and a lot of people might not like that, but I think that if I think it's the right thing to do and I my intentions are good, then I'm going to do it. But that specific scenario, I just kept seeing certain things that were really frustrating and I can't stand the thought of like young women being influenced the wrong way that really upsets me because I wish I had certain role models when I was growing up and if I did I wouldn't have done certain things you know like so I just relate myself back to that and I'm like oh just don't 
do that. Like you don't know how much influence you have over these people. Like some people really don't grasp that people are out there copying their every move. There are people who do that. And I think it's so important that if you're in a position where you have a following to give the right message out, you know, there's this thing going on Instagram now being like, what are you influencing people to do? What is your influence? You're an influencer, but what are you influencing? And I think it's really important to sit and think about that. The drinking thing is interesting because I know only this week, I think in Victoria, there was um, like a government initiative regarding influencers saying that they are having an impact when it comes to promoting alcohol, that, that young people are drinking more. Was the alcohol issue something that you took more personally or was it just some like a symptom of a broader problem? Um, yeah, a bit of both. Also, I don't my personal opinion is that it's not necessarily a bad thing to promote alcohol if you're like doing a paid mm. job and you actually re- like I love a wine oh yeah I love a red we've wine we've worked with alcohol brands ourselves because yeah. we, we genuinely yeah. drink. love yeah. the wine yeah. and the cider but it doesn't mean you need to get pissed you know knock yourself out at the end of the night that's not like we have this crazy drinking culture in Australia that is so abnormal and it's not cool I don't think I don't think it's cool to go and get blind drunk and then the next day be like I have no idea what I did I vomited in a gutter ha <laughs> that's not funny it's dangerous and you know what else I don't think it's really the problem glamorizing having a wine with dinner is one thing mm. glamorizing going clubbing and getting shit faced multiple times a week yeah. and that being the norm and that being cool to be blackout drunk that's the issue yeah i agree drinking rates are on the decline like we Mm. can't ignore the stats we're drinking less than any generation before us Mm. the issue is that we're binge drinking we do drink and we don't have that midpoint of Mm. just moderation yes yes you are you've touched on your partner before when you're talking about a lot of the rings but you are quite (laughs) public about your relationship (laughs) you are quite public about your relationship with Lockie. what What's the driving force behind that? I imagine that's kind of a scary thing to do when you are public about very private things. And I imagine you don't share everything, but talk us through all of that. Yeah, I just, I love love. Like I'm, I'm a very, I'm a Pisces. So if we got any, Same. Yeah. I love love too. I'm not a Pisces, but I also love love. So. Zara struggles with my like soppy romantic side every single day. When she hears me on the phone to my boyfriend, she's like, fucking kill me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not particularly romantic, but I can appreciate it (laughs) (laughs) that's about as much as I'll say I get it but it's not for me yeah (laughs) um yeah I like showing that side of my life and Lockie's obviously okay with it too um and he's a bit like me like we're both really affectionate people we don't mind like PDA you know we, we don't care and I think he said something along the lines of when we did an interview once he said you know I if I want to like kiss her or hug her or something like I'm going to do it like I'm not just going to hide it because we're in public why would I not you know mm-hmm. and I guess that's kind of how I am with social media like why wouldn't I want to show that part of my life that makes me so happy you know I share what I like because that's what my social media is so that he's a big part of my life and obviously I'm I'm going to share that, you know, because it makes me so happy. How does it feel to have the Daily Mail write about your relationship? Did you the, see that? Oh, my yeah, God. Are we our favourite thing. Was, I think I was actually – we saw Steph a couple of days ago. So this was a Daily Mail article. You're at the Bondi Pool. Is that right? 
Is that? Oh my goodness, is, that one. Oh my we god, at, yeah, Bondi happen? icebergs. There was a new one recently about. Ooh, oh, okay, let's talk about this. all it of these. Hilarious. So I, we were laughing one that you were with Steph Claire Smith and your boyfriend, yeah. and there was like an <laughs> amazing article just zooming in on your boyfriend and Steph as if you weren't there and they were on a date. We saw the pap. Yeah. Steph was like, "I'm going to hug you," so they think that like as a joke, like watch them turn this into an article. Yeah, hugged him for a split second. Photo, photo, photo. Mind you, I'm literally here. I'm a meter away, and they've. <laughs> Propped me out of the photo. <laughs> I was walking towards them and I was like, guys, I'm here too. Like, <laughs> could have been like a polyamorous situation that they could have really plugged But that. what is that like? Like, obviously, in that scenario, it's a bit funny. You're all there. Yeah. You can kind of take the piss a bit and to be like, control your own news cycle because you don't take it seriously. But are there other examples that, that bother you or think it, it's strange to have this, this camera lens? kind of tracking what you're doing I that was annoying like I found that really annoying I was like go do one like what are you doing you know I can't believe this is your career is trying to make other people look like shit I hate that but there was this other time where this guy was we when Revolve was in town we were all in bikinis trying to take photos and he was just up taking photos of us all and swim and you know swim is something that a lot of people feel self-conscious about um even models you know so we were all kind of like, can you just leave? Like we just felt so uncomfortable having this lens on our Especially every move. Every man, it's creepy. Yeah. Guys, yeah. Like all paps, are yeah. fucking guys. It's, and it's creepy. So yuck. Where are the female paps like, when it's an older? <laughs> it's because guy. females respect other yeah. females and boundaries. Yeah, know that that's not cool. No, that's really sexist of me to say. I'm <laughs> taking that back because not all dudes are like that. <laughs> on air retraction. <laughs> but that is a really crazy experience. That just because you're in a bikini doesn't mean you're demanding another camera in your face, yeah. and just because you're posing towards one camera doesn't yeah. mean you kind yeah. of are consenting so to the un- other. Yeah, it's so uncomfortable. So did those end up on Daily Mail as well? Yeah, no, it was this little dweeb who <laughs> thinks he's a pap but isn't actually, like just carries his own camera around Is everywhere. Is the young one? Yeah, you know. Yeah. Oh, the one at the airport. Oh, yeah, there's, mm. a, there's, a, there's a young one that's, that's been doing the, the rounds. Yeah, that's what, so that's what he's doing and he's... Wonder if he's listening to this right now. And Shout out to that. Yeah. Guy. I also desperately wish that we had that on camera. That face you just pulled. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> this was a video as well as a podcast. I actually told him off. I was like, because he uploaded a photo of me and someone else taking a photo. I wrote "lol" on his story and tagged me, and I was like, "Oh, you have some nerve, How child." Old is he like fifteen? He's not that. No, young. I think he's. I think he might be like twenty, but yeah. he, he's like he a, a twenty-year-old that looks young. He yeah. looks pretty best. I mean, we are like having a laugh over this, but. How naked do you feel in those moments when you are being, your space is being invaded? Yeah. Oh, God, I hate it. Thankfully, it hasn't actually happened much to yeah. me. Like, it happened that one, one time with Steph, because Steph was there. They love Steph. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> um, and that second time was because a bunch of us were in one place. Mm. I don't get followed around, which I'm really grateful for, but I think it's because I post all my shit things mm. myself. Mm. So they can't really make me look that bad. A side of it must feel a little bit dehumanizing. Like it's a really big fear of mine. I mean, our profile is so much smaller than yours, but even it's non-existent. Even Michelle. when we get bigger, it does worry me that like yeah. you could just be the way that some publications twist things mm. and the headlines that they write can just be so cruel. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a concern going forward? I mean, you're only getting bigger and more popular. Yeah, a little bit, but if you let those things consume you, I feel like they'll hold you back. 
So I just try to take everything as it comes. And I'm very much so like a not worry about something until it happens kind of person because I feel like you can manifest negative energy. So I try not to think about it. (laughs) I wanted to ask you about your name because your username on Instagram reads as Jade Tunchi. So there's a couple of questions that I had about this. Firstly... How do you sort of navigate this idea that people are pronouncing your first name wrong? Like, can you be bothered picking people up on that? I mean, I imagine it's it's a name that your parents picked for you that they care about. Yeah, I pick people up on it. Yeah, sometimes when it's like in passing, like a joke. Like I was at an event the other night and someone was like, "Oh my god, Jade!" Ha ha! And I was like, "No, honey, <laughs> it's, it's not me." And everyone was kind of like. Mm. Do you think people roll their eyes when you correct them to be like, oh, so stuck up? It's because happened. they don't realise it's like a cult. Is it a cultural thing? It, my name's Jade. That's my Turkish uh, name, which I really like. Yeah, Except beautiful. a lot of people are just a tongue twisted it. over it. It's not that. I don't think it's that. Right? Jade. Like it's too, yeah, anyway. But a lot of people here struggle with it. So it became Jade. Just took the away really and made it a bit more bogan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bogan twang. It's what we do. We just absolutely like massacre names. And your last name, you obviously shortened it for ease on Instagram but is there ever a point where you think I kind of want to own that name back I mean even when we were off air before we jumped on we were asking you how to pronounce your last name and you were saying it's just kind of it's too hard and it's too complicated do you ever want to kind of take that back and sort of like own that again because and and make people make the effort to pronounce your name yeah I like that thought process and if I loved my name myself I probably would but I've never really been like I love Tunk Doruk it just (laughs) flows it's so beautiful everyone give it a go so (laughs) I don't really, I don't really care that much. In fact, I'm really excited to get married and get a new name, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I'm not engaged. That wasn't an engagement. <laughs> but if, mail, if, you <laughs> if you wanted to announce it on this podcast, we, we wouldn't have been upset. Our headline's right there. I Trust think. me, everyone would know. <laughs> <laughs> we do want to ask you as well that we've been pestering you for this interview for what feels like a year. It's been a long time because you've one of the first people we ever wanted to interview when we were thinking of doing Steph and Laura, your name came up as the obvious third choice as well because you don't live in the same city do not be sorry (laughs) why was it that you were hesitant because i think you have so much to say and you're so eloquent and intelligent so to hear someone in your position go i don't think i'm worthy or i don't think i have much to offer what is that about you because you do have so much to offer oh i don't know it was just like different i've never Mm. done a podcast so i just felt like I didn't really know what it entailed i didn't i thought that it was a lot more structured if Mm. i'm being honest and a lot more like like a, we're pretty fast on this. Yeah. Hammering, you know, yeah. like hammering me with questions that are uncomfortable. I don't know why. I just thought it would be yeah. that. And if I'm being completely honest, I don't listen to many myself. Yeah. So I just didn't really know what I was stepping into. And another thing, if I'm being completely, completely honest, <laughs> is that I have been over the past year a little bit lazy up and down with my work. So... I've kind of procrastinated a lot of things that I'd like to do. And then when something new pops up, I'm like, no, I've got to do this. But then I don't do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's it's weird. And then there was a, a point where I actually wanted to do one myself. So I was I didn't know whether that would have been a conflict or... Now that you've said that, do you know how many people are going to come after you and beg for that podcast? <laughs> don't hold me to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a comedy podcast. Yeah. You actually oh, could. I just, I st- struggle under like... I can't script things. I just yeah. can't. Like if I sit down and write things down, it just doesn't flow as well. Yeah. 
It I is interesting, though, you exploring that idea of feeling lazy or feeling like you're stuck in this cycle of inaction mm. or like procrastination, mm. because I think that's something that everyone gets caught in. And it is such a disconcerting feeling to feel like you cannot get yourself passionate about yeah. what you're doing. Yeah. Have you, are you starting to get that passion back? Yeah. That's good. Yeah, definitely. I think I felt like there was a point where I was doing a lot of fantastic, fantastic jobs, which I'm really grateful for. But uh, there are a lot of clients who kind of don't give you as much creative direction. So I kind of felt like I was losing that creativity a bit, which is why I love doing what I do so much. So now I'm really focusing on that and really prioritizing it and making sure that I have a say in what I'm doing and making sure that I'm doing what I love. And I'm kind of getting that back again. Yeah. Yeah. Jade, we finish every podcast with the same two questions. The first one is, what's next for you? Oh, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I I get really stuck on this question because I have all these things I want to do, but I just haven't executed anything yet. And I am, if I'm being honest, a little bit stuck on my next step. Mm. So I'm not too sure. Is that a anxiety for you or...? Sometimes I feel like I'm holding myself back, but then I look back on how far I've come and I'm kind of relaxed again. But I really believe that everything happens the way that it's supposed to. And if I'm not having something shooting out of my mind right now that I'm clinging to and that I really want to start, then I know that it's not time. I know that it's going to happen when it needs to. And I believe in my ability to like, I I just believe in myself in terms of like, it'll be fine. You'll make it work. Yeah. Like it'll happen when it's supposed to. And it will come. Yeah. I don't want to force anything out because if I start a project that I'm not passionate about, I know it won't succeed. Mm -hmm. You just can't, you can't start anything without passion because it will crumble. So I'm just waiting to be passionate about my next thing. I think there is this sense, particularly in this industry, that you always need to be working on something different and going very quickly. And there is so much merit in sort of taking a step back and taking a breath and thinking, what am I going to put all my energy into Mm. so I don't just start something that's going to flop straight away? Yes, yes. Giving yourself the benefit of time. Like we don't always have to rush. You can just go at your own pace and figure it out. Like you have built such (laughs) an incredible community. It's almost like when you have one success, you're like, okay, what's next? Like I've got to succeed in something else now. Yes, there's a lot of that in this industry. A lot. A lot of the conversation at dinner is, so what are you doing next? And I'm like just going home (laughs) Netflix Uh, Lord of the Rings (laughs) and the last question we always finish with is who are some women that you have that you kind of look up to you who keeps you sane in this world I'm going to be really cheesy and say my mum I do like she she and my dad broke up when we were quite young and she did take the reins dad's still very much so a part in my life but we spent most of the week at her place and she really did essentially raise us and I'm so so grateful for her and the way that she has brought us up and she's just like the type of person who's always put everything into us like everything she possibly could ever have would go straight back into her kids and I think that's like I wouldn't have the life that I have now if it wasn't for her like I can say that truly and honest honestly and um, she's always supported me always in everything that I've done and always tried to help me wherever she can and you know sent me to fashion business college and got a loan out to do that even though it wasn't heaps like she's just like it's pretty much my hero like I I love her so much and I'm really grateful to have her yeah 
Jade, we are very grateful to have you on this podcast. So <laughs> thank, thank you. you for joining us. We can't wait to see what's next whenever. <laughs> no rush. <laughs> thank no you rush. guys so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode. If you love Jade and what she had to say as much as we did, please do chuck her a follow on Instagram at Jade Twinchy or on our personal favorite at The Real Jade Twinchy. As for us, we're at Shameless Podcast. We will be back in your ears on Monday. Bye, guys. Oh, hi, it's Annabelle Lee and Louis Hansen here. We are your hosts of Everybody Has a Secret. Woo! Woo! We are here essentially just to let you know that we drop episodes every week. Now, every damn Friday morning, we are in your ears. That is so exciting. What a time <laughs> to be in your ear holes. So essentially, each episode, we unpack the real life secrets of our listeners. So this is for everyone who loves, you know, just a little bit of gossip in mm-hmm. their lives, which, let's be real, Annabelle, is all of us. It's absolutely all of us. Don't lie. You all love gossip. So if you want to listen to... To our show, please do head to your favorite podcast app and listen now. See you there. Bye.